Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What's up with all the drama online? Cheyenne is one of her podcasts and said, I don't have to like Ashley just because she's black. I just don't like her. You chose to speak on me, so I chose to speak on you. Fair game. So I said that she used her car accident to cover up her body. She got her body done. Just say you got oh, your body fake. done. Oh, she yeah, she like she showed up to a show that we filmed with a faha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuffed and plucked, you bitch. You got your body done. No shade, because she looked great. But, I mean, Don't you lie. tried it's to big, make it seem like, like it I was one thing when it was another. It was so, bitch, it. what you going to say to me? Because I got my titties done. I got my lips done. This yeah. ain't even my hair. But not everybody is open. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Switching it up, we're heading to the white refrigerator that is MTV to talk about what's going on with our girls over at Teen Mom Next Chapter. This is what, the 54th iteration of the 16 and Pregnant Universe. This is featuring a real, like cast of characters from old days and new teen moms one two three 16 and pregnant you know the drill um they've all come together in a large cast where every episode has a different cast of characters depending on who's got going on drama wise storyline wise etc so they're supposed to be like eight to nine girls on this cast allegedly amber amber of i went to jail amber amber of i'm a real mom amber um amber of amber and gary is supposedly on this cast she's on the opening credits she is uh 
seen, but not heard of. It's not even seen, really. I'm recapping the first five episodes of this season. Nowhere to be found is Amber. Nowhere to be found. Um, Kale, Kaylin, also not on the cast, because at the time of filming this season, she is not willing to admit that she's had a fifth baby. A revelation that she just barely admitted to recently. And I think that child's probably on the better side of one at this point. Um, So that's what we've got going on. Ashley of Ashley and Barr is beefing with the rest of the cast. More on that later. Um, Yeah, let's get into what is going on. As you guys know, if you listen to my TLC recaps, I like to go from when we talk about like a big cast of people from most boring to least boring slash most interesting. So we're going to start with Cheyenne. Cheyenne is somebody who came from like the challenge. Her first baby daddy is Corey. And here's my truth about Corey is that like, there's nothing about the things that Corey says when he opens his mouth really outside of like his co-parenting that I um, agree with. Or whatever, but in my spirit, I would let that man beat the brakes off of me, and that's just like how I'm always gonna feel. I've made peace with it, and I hope you guys can as well. He's just like so hot to me, <laughs> and I don't really even have an explanation for it because typically, if I think that you're like kind of a dum dum, uh, I can allow for like thirty percent of a curve on that. But if you're like really, really my type, like really, really, like really, really, really. But for the most part, I I have to like, like your, what's going on up top before I care about anything going on behind, like below your cerebral cortex. Like it's just not really for me, but like there are some exceptions like Corey, Brody Jenner would also be probably number one in that spot because uh, nothing about the way Brody politics or engages in his life is at all attractive to me. And yet, I oh, the day I found out that he got engaged, even though he's already been married before, it was a really, really hard, it was really difficult for me. It really was. Do you remember when he broke up with his first wife, Caitlin, and then she had that brief relationship with Miley Cyrus? We're going to have to talk about Miley Cyrus very soon, by the way. Maybe on a Patreon? I don't know. I I think maybe this one should be be on Patreon. But if you guys are not on my Patreon, now it's like the beginning of the month. It's a great time. I just talked about this Hulu Dahi series called Betrayal about a man who was a twice-appointed teacher of the year and then came out to be not only like a super horny individual, but also a a man accused of sexual assault. Um, So there was that. There was a, my truly most controversial uh, episode of all time. Some of you guys were like, I loved it. And some of you guys were like, I could not even finish it. (laughs) And I respect that. Um, And I took it in. It's a TLC series called, um, Uh, My Strange Addiction, Still Addicted, about 
uh, a gentleman named Tuna Tyler. And you can only imagine what all that entails. So check that out. The link is in the episode description of every episode, but it's patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. And as before, I upload my episodes through ACAST. So if you go to the Patreon site and you look at my interface, you're going to be like, girl, you have not updated since like 2021. What are you talking about? Fear not. You guys get new episodes every week. Just sign up. I promise you the content is there. Let's move on. Anyway, um, yeah, like I said, Cheyenne really doesn't have too much going on. Her main storyline is really via Corey and like being a support to Corey because Corey's got his own family. He's got two daughters. His infant daughter has some heart issues. She had to go into surgery to have those issues fixed and yeah it's basically just like Cheyenne and her husband Zach being really good co-parents and you know helping Corey and his wife in their time of need and that's basically it for the first four episodes things only start get to popping in episode five but we'll talk about that in a second Moving on to Jade, she was one of our like newer girls because she came from Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, um, and she got moved up to the big leagues <laughs> after after those all conglomerated or whatever the word might be. Um, so she's had a lot of ups and downs with both her man Sean and her family, her mother Christy. Oh man, she Christy really holds a special place in my heart. I have to admit. Christy is a woman who is not afraid to get into an argument with a cashier at the Dollar Tree just for fun or for practice. Christy is like, you know, chained to a Newport cigarette and she, you know, seems like she's always got like a Gatorade on her or like an Arizona tea not the cans but like the plastic bottles um always a plastic bottle on her she just has like the energy that i'm not i don't want to be around it but it's it's interesting to watch on television for sure um i feel for jade because there's a lot of things going on with her there's the fact that she is like clearly the one in the family trying to break the cycle she came on the show she's like I just want to like get through beauty school I just want to have a good job for my baby I just want to have like my kid have a good husband or a good father you know whatever like I want to try to make it work with her father like I just want to have a better life than the one that I was given and then she gets on the show and that affords her like money to go to school and like you know opportunities to get out of her you know, situation. And that makes it even worse because her mom has addiction issues and other issues that makes it very difficult for Jade to just like live a peaceful life. For the first few years we saw them, Jade, it was just like a back and forth tussle really like with like a like a tug of war between Sean who was in you know in and out of the throes of his own addiction and was uh you know a user a booza and a loser pretending to be like you know dropping beats in in his studio and when he is really you know like dropping hundreds of dollars on 
weed and, you know, like lean when he doesn't have a job. You know what I mean? And so that was like a strain and he would be so nice to her and butter her up and be like, I'm getting my shit together. And then she would let him move back in. And then, you know, her parents would move in with her as well. She's taking care of all of them. And then they would like do this thing where like one would butter her up They'd move in, and then they would be, like, teaming up against the parents. And then the parents have an issue, and then Sean, you know, he fucks up in his sobriety, and then they hear the parents are sweet-talking Jade and being like, oh, we're going to help you with the baby. Like, no problem. And then Jade lets them move in, and then all of a sudden, you know, Christy and her husband aren't waking up until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and, you know, Jade's having to take the baby to uh, daycare that she can't afford and hadn't planned on paying for because Christy had promised that she was going to be there for her like a good mother. And then she gets kicked out. And then here comes Sean again, being sober and being like, oh, I want to be a doting daddy. And then the cycle continues. And it's really only recently changed when Sean finally seemed to get, has a good handle on his sobriety. He's got his nice little, um, you know, I'm on television veneers and I got those for a deeply discounted price. Like he's really seems to be getting himself together. Honestly, seems like a very nice guy um, now, but you know, because of that now their life seems to be pretty consistent. She's uh, they're now engaged for the third time. And um, (laughs) their life seems to be pretty good Sean is less combative towards Christy and her husband and their situation. So it kind of like, like they're, you know, like Bonnie and Clyde, not so much. They're like really more of a team now, but, um, you know, it's, it's still, it's still a a situation between Christy and Jade. So Jade wants to plan her wedding and Brianna goes to visit her to go wedding dress shopping and she brings Brianna brings Devon, Devoin, her first baby daddy. More on that later. Jade and Brianna are close mostly because this is not funny. Because Jade decided to get a BBL. You know, one thing about those, I, I love how you can like spot the trends of the plastic surgery that each channel network their stars get so like if you're on like uh you know like these mtv girls these teen mom girls they're like straight to dr miami they're like give me the bbl i want to get my titties done suck some fat out of me here and put it here put my plump my lips up to the limits the the very limits of where they can go we're gonna be Lashes busted, lips popping, bam, okay? If you're a TLC star, you can get probably some, like, uh, B-grade veneers, um, like a, just like a little light lipo here and there if you get a really good connection with a doctor, um, who wants to, you know, put your surgery live on Instagram, you know, (laughs) 
things of that nature. If you're on Bravo, you can get like good procedures that you don't have to post about so much. Like maybe we'll just like, I'll just pose in the hallway of the, you know, the surgeon's office and like I can keep it pushing because I've got like a high follower account, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, these girls get the BBLs. So Jade got her BBL after Brianna got her BBL. Jade, again, because her mama is like very inconsistent like does not help her at all and so Brianna comes to the rescue to like help Jade through her BBL post-surgery. So now they're like BFFs. So Brianna goes to Indy. She brings Devon for whatever reason and Jade is still in the space where like Chrissy's not sober. She's not really contributing. She's not helping anything financially. Like she's not providing emotionally as a mother but she still has a lot of opinions and is also just like flaky as fuck by not showing up so Chrissy does end up showing up to the wedding dress shopping but only after Sean reaches out to make sure Chrissy are you gonna come Chrissy tells Sean I didn't know anything about it like yeah like trying to paint it like Jade didn't tell her right Jade picks up her phone and reads the very explicit text message she sent to, Hey mom, here's the date, here's the time. I want to informally invite you to the wedding dress shop. And Christy says, of course, I'll be there. <laughs> this is Christy. So then once she gets there, of course, like she's like stank, stank attitude complaining openly I don't like that dress I don't like this I don't like that these are too expensive why are they so pricey like really embarrassing Jade because you know like I said Jade is now in like polite society like where she's not cussing and fussing at the cashier at the Dollar Tree whereas Christie's still there right and she's probably gonna go right after this wedding dress shopping right to the next Dollar Tree to like curse somebody out because she can't find you know her nail files or whatever so when they get back in the car Jade is trying really hard to just be like hey mom the people at the shop overheard you talking about how expensive it is and it's just like not appropriate and it kind of embarrassed me and Christy goes well did they come down on the price and Jade has to be like no in fact, I paid even more because of taxes and stuff. And then Brianna's really trying to, you know, be the peacemaker here and says, listen, I think we can all agree. We wanted Jade to be happy. This is her moment. And, you know, like, we can just keep it positive, right? And Chrissy loses it. Get me out of the car. I'll, I'm going to get an Uber. Just drop me off on the side of the road here. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, just, she cannot handle critique she can't handle um you know like doing wrong and then it turns into this big well I can do anything right so I'm just gonna leave let me out let me out I'm gonna take an uber like mind you ma'am you don't have any money you don't have uber money so let's quit tripping because you're gonna be calling Jade in about 15 minutes come pick me up circle back drive back no Candace. And and we're not going to do that. So please, please. This starts triggering Jade's anxiety issues. She, even though at one point Christy asks her, am I causing 
these issues because Christy will really waffle between like mother of the year I'm here for you let me drive the car you know like let's I, I, I'm here for like emotionally like how are you feeling baby you're my baby to like being like a complete asshole and so at one point Christy does ask Jade am I the cause of this anxiety and Jade says no and it's like girl the answer to this is clearly yes but you can't even you can't even go there with her because you know what it's going to be. She's going to want to pull over on the side of the road and take an Uber. And it's just like, you can't win for losing with Christy. You really, really can't. So Jade gets an anxiety attack on the way, even though her mom just like fucked up her wedding dress shopping. She's like, I still want her to be involved. So we can just go to a cake tasting and maybe that'll be a good time. I'll bring the kid whatever but she's like i already know what it's about to be so she gets an anxiety attack on the way there and then once they get there she's like trying to keep it cute but christy for reasons unknown to me is just like randomly walks out in the middle of it disappointing jade once again i mean it's it's so sad to see this cycle continue when jade really knows I need to like cut my mom off and if it sucks nobody wants to be in that position but then you keep putting yourself in these situations where you're like about to faint because you know what is going to happen and it does and you could really avoid all of that and there's a very obvious answer it's not easy but it's clear what the answer is Let's move on to Caitlyn. And I just need to talk about, and I've been wanting to talk about this. Um, Tyler, you guys, has an OnlyFans. To the surprise of probably none of you, right? But I just want to talk about it because I read why, I'm not sure, an article, just a little snippet about what is going to be contained in the OnlyFans. And y'all are playing in our faces. Because, okay, so Tyler's been on this weight loss journey for a couple years now. Um, offering tips such as like, you know, eat, like starve yourself, basically just, you know, like eat, drink water, you know, those sorts of things. But anyway, he's like lost a good amount of weight. And so because of that, he's like taking a lot of bathroom selfies, you know, (laughs) it's like mirror selfies, shirtless, you see that Batman tattoo, just giving it to the girls. Okay. But in the article, it said no nudity. This is not going to be porn. They definitely threw some shade at Pharaoh by being like, no, this isn't like us pretending like we're not doing a sex tape when we are, when it's actually a production. I'm not going to be selling any like molds of my body parts or whatever. Like, okay, that's dry and gone. Okay, we get it. We could talk about so many other things about Pharaoh. But anyway, um, basically, it's... (laughs) It's like an account run by somebody's mother. So it's Tyler's OnlyFans account. It's being run by Caitlyn. No porn. No nudity. Nothing even like super sexually suggestive. Just pictures that Tyler sends to Caitlyn. And then she's going to post them on OnlyFans. So who's paying for that? Who's, Who's paying for that? I could see Tyler's shirtless selfies on his Instagram. So what am I paying you for? 
like, if you guys wanted to do this cash grab, y'all should have done that shit two years ago. Like, at this point, we're all hip to it. You just already told us what it was. It's not going to be anything, quote unquote, interesting. Not that I want to see Tyler fuck anybody. Least of all, Caitlyn. But, like, respectfully. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, so what am I paying for then? What am I paying for that I can't get for free on your grid? <laughs> That's what I want to know. If anybody signs up for the OnlyFans, let me know if it was at all worth it. Anyway, their storyline is they're moving out of that house that they moved into that looks like an octagon. One that I actually quite liked. Not the inside. Everything they did to the inside of it was horrible. But the outside of it was pretty cool. Moving on, they're having to move out because they just need more space for all their their daughters, right? So they have what uh, Caitlin describes as poverty trauma. Now, it's interesting to me to watch this because they have been financially stable for their entire adult lives at this point. So it's interesting to me to see them move to a house that really, like, I don't know. I mean, it's not, like, that much nicer than the house that they moved out of. And to still struggle with, like, we're not used to this. This is not a life that we were accustomed to as kids growing up. And, like, Caitlin's talking about how I always wanted to live in a house. And I'm thinking, like, no, I I get it. But I'm also, like, but you have been living in a house for, like, at least a decade now. (laughs) You know, like, this is your first home. Or even maybe your third hoe. I don't know. To me, the more interesting conversation is let's talk about how you guys keep like owing hella hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes because y'all didn't learn financial literacy. Like, let's talk about that's a lot more interesting to me. Um, but you know, Tyler also talks about how you, you know, my mom had a house growing up, we lived in a house, but that was basically it. We barely made ends meet and it was like okay do you want lights or do you want water like you had to pick one right so yeah um then they have an interesting conversation about nova their oldest daughter so nova is eight at this point she is in cheer and you know like she uh, kate got her like a you know, like kind of like a like a big sports bra. Like it's not as small. Like it's it goes down like to like your chest or not your chest. Like like past your ribs, right? Like mid stomach. Um, and that Nova was feeling un- subconscious about self conscious about it, and um, like didn't want to wear it, didn't want to be seen with it. And Caitlin found that very confusing. And so the interesting thing that came out of that was that. Tyler was very triggered by this because they're like not sure where this is coming from. They've always instilled, uh, you know, self-confidence in in their daughters and like to not be, you know, self-conscious about their body. But they're like, all of a sudden she's having this issue. Um, The thing that triggered Tyler was that he started being sexually abused when he was eight. So he was like, oh gosh, like... God forbid there's something going on. How do we go about talking to our children about that? How to, you know, like 
be honest and open and transparent with us should something happen like how do we do that and I do will say that like I appreciate even though they're like slightly corny these moments where Kayla and Tyler do seek out external people to help them lead the way toward parenting and like how to do it right all right let's move on to Ashley of Ashley and Barr they're really like a, a, a package deal for me. Kind of like Caitlin and Tyler. Like, Ash, it's Ashley and Barr for me. Um, so, Barr's been, you know, he's been tied up in a situation legally since I believe this is at a graduation party or something of that sort. Um, Barr got a little too excited, a little too loose off the goose, and fired a gun. And so he got some charges for that. So Barr had a warrant out for that case, got arrested, ended up getting locked up for a month. But once he got released, they're like, okay, you can do 100 hours of community service or you're going to have to come back and do six years of clankety clank. Which, to which case, my ass would be at the Salvation Army first thing <laughs> the next day. Like, okay, I'm ready to log eight hours immediately. Thank you. Uh, how long could I work today? Let's just knock this out of the park, right? So, Bart has an issue with self-sabotage. He admits it himself. He even tells the guy at the Salvation Army who he works for, um, I get to this place where, like, it doesn't matter how good my life is. At that point, something happens where I end up in trouble, I mess up, something like that. And he even talks to Ashley about how, like, he's now, like, two, he's got two months to complete this, these 100 hours, right? He's already done some, so it's, like, less than 100 hours that he's got left. He has two months to complete it. No job, mind you. So he's, like, talking to Ashley about how, basically, he feels like he's about to mess this up again. Like, he's about to not complete his hours, and he's already two months out, again, has, like, anxiety about, about not doing this and having to go back to jail. To which, you know, Ashley is very my man, my man, my man. And the other side of that is bitch, your man left you for dead ho, which is exactly what Barr keeps doing to her. And I like Barr, but he does, he is a dumbass and he does be fucking up. And Ashley can't take that on. Like Ashley clearly wants to have a nice life and do her job nursing or whatever. And opening up her lash business or whatever the hell she's doing. But she acts like, well, we're a team. And like, theoretically, yeah, the person that you married to should be your teammate, your partner, your soulmate, your sister, right? But you can't hold his hand through his community service so that he doesn't go back to prison. Only he can do that. And if he's telling you two months before like, I don't think I'm going to do this. Girl, this is not the relationship. He, he's not the man for you. He's not the man for anybody. Because he's staring at six years and would be like, you know that that uh, part of, um, 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 oh my God, what is that movie? 
Austin Powers, where it was a guy, he's like on that like construction thing with the big roller in the front, and the guy's like at the other side of the warehouse, and he's just like, no, no, and there's like the guy, the roller construction thing is going so slow, and it's clearly obvious that the man doesn't even have to run, just like slowly walk away from the situation, you're not in danger, and if he's just like standing there like, no, and that's what Barr is, and it's just like, you can't, you can't like lead the horse to water, but you can't make this man drink. And it's really sad because there's like a lot of potential in Barr, and he's very like it, it's sad because he's very much like a product of his environment. He just did not have a good foundation, and that sucks because I think he's actually really smart, and I think he's like really emotionally intelligent when he feels like it. But like then he does this shit, and it's like well. <laughs> There's just, like, there's nothing to be helped. Like, these, he's going to have to grow up on his own. Unfortunately, in the midst of all of this, Ashley's brother, DeAndre, passes away suddenly. Um, I haven't found any explanation for what happened to him. He was only 32 years old, um, except for he was found unresponsive at a train station in San Francisco. Um, You know... Seems very shocking. It seems like he was like a pretty good kid leading up to that. So that's that's that really is very, very sad and shocking. And you can see as the season goes on how much this is affecting Ashley's mother T. She loses weight. She's clearly like depressed, and that is just very, very sad. And Barr, who, you know, has grown up around a lot of people dying, people getting killed, um, has, like, this sort of crisis of how to handle Ashley or how to help Ashley, because that's, like, a life that he knows very well, but this is the first person in Ashley's life, like, a major person that Ashley has lost, and, like, she doesn't know how to navigate that, and he's like, I don't know how to tell her how to deal with this because, you know, we're just coming from two very different life experiences. Um, and it's very sad. It's, it's a very, very sad thing. Um, she decides, so even though she and Barr have been married for quite some time, that they're going to have a wedding as a sort of, you know, maybe happy family gathering to like, you know, make up for the funeral that they just had. So they go wedding dress shopping and that was really it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Leah. Now, Leah was in one of my favorite relationships in Teen Mom history. She was on her Chris Jenner and Corey Gamble shit with her now ex fiance, Jalen. Jalen was ugh, an Instagram baddie, always posting about, you know, like he was very rise and grind, very like you know, post a picture of, uh, your watch, uh, you know, with the, on the wheel of your car to show like how nice the watch was or, you know, what kind of whip you're whipping around in. And, uh, you know, just very like, you know, no, nobody can motivate you, but, but yourself, you, you got to wake up yourself and like, you know, bullshit like that. You, you know, the kind, you know, the type. Um, so they were just like, their relationship was filled with, photo shoots not a whole lot else but would you know it they end up getting engaged but 
the engagement ends very quickly. And the thing is, Leah says she can't really talk about it because it appears that Jalen made her sign an NDA. Jalen, nobody made her, the actual somebody, sign an NDA so that she can't really discuss their relationship. But in spite of it all, we find out in the beginning of the season that they're, like, co-parenting or whatever. Like, he's still seeing the girls is. They're still texting. He's invited to the girls' 13th birthday party. Like, they're getting along. Things are fine. Until we find out that Leah tells us when they were in Costa Rica, getting when he proposed, he gives her a deed. Because they had purchased, well, he was like, we need to move in together. And so she purchased a home in solely her name, but they really tried to make it seem like this was a joint effort. So Jalen on camera presents her with a deed to like address the haters and like put a bow on their relationship, right? And it's like, oh, I put my name on the deed and for the house and like whatever, right? So come to find out, this was just something he printed out. There was no official house deed. No money had been exchanged. Like he did nothing. It was just complete performative bullshit. (laughs) So Leah ends up meeting up with her friend to discuss this. And she's like... Her friend is like, okay, girl, but Leah, what what did he hand you then? Like, was it a paper? Was it a fake deed? What did he give you in that folder? Now, granted, I have never purchased property, but in the flashback that I saw, it was like he had put this deed. It was like, and I hereby decree, like, like medieval times style like he may have he may as well have like put it out in a scroll but i think it came in this like very like embossed leather casing (laughs) i don't think that's what happens i don't think you know century 21 gives you that when you buy a house i just don't think so but i wouldn't know i've never seen one leah tells her friend i have no idea what that was But the other thing that she's pissed off about is that there was a bunch of backlash towards her online because of it. And so she's like pissed. She was like, you know, I was really trying to be empathetic towards that man because I love him. Like, and I was in love with him. But I felt like our whole relationship, that whole year and a half was a lie. And now I'm putting my foot down. He's not invited to the girls' birthday party. (laughs) Oh, no. What a consequence. A grown man can't go to a 13-year-old's birthday party. Oh, dear. You told him, girl. You told him. She's also got issues with her father. She and her sister are now are, like, pretty sober. Her sister, Victoria, a.k.a. Oreo. She's had kids. She had her own Costa Rican boo. He's now moved in. They had, like, one kid and then twins. So she's, like, living her best life. And now she and Leah are, like girl, how do we navigate our relationship with our dad? Because he's clearly an addict. Leah and he used to use. He got into an accident, got addicted to pills. 
she's you know started getting addicted to pills as well they would use together she got sober he didn't and he's just kind of like floated on through life since then well you know uh leah's living a very different life she's got her hair's figured out she's got the right extensions and the right color now she's getting the good nails she's she's understands like she's now found like the best people in um charleston west virginia to like get do her spray tan now like she's she's living in a different life okay and she's just like i don't have time for this man and i don't want him to be around my kids and like we just are gonna have to love him from a distance but like i said he's now out of jail and like wanting to start up a relationship with again with him again randomly seemingly out of nowhere we see leah about to go out for a night she's you know got the gopros hooked up to the front dash she's driving by herself it seems like she's there's no traffic it seems like she's on a one-way street like a tiny little street in the middle of downtown but it also seems pretty empty (laughs) and all of a sudden she's like oh shit and then gets into a pretty bad car accident like she's fine but like the front of her SUVs all smashed it to pieces. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're led to believe that maybe she got in a crash with somebody else, but we just don't ever see that person or their car, which seems weird. Um, But it looked like she just got into an accident all her own out of nowhere it was a very odd scene but after this random accident she ends up calling her dad because oreo her sister called her and was like yo our dad had a stroke so she calls leah calls her dad and was like um i heard you had a stroke he was like no actually it was just a pinched nerve but i ended up also weirdly getting into a car accident right after that and like you know, uh, I lost control of my car, yada, yada, yada. Um, turns out my license was suspended. Isn't that weird? And so Leah's like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm like picking up on the fact that you're not asking me how I'm doing at all or my daughters. So, um, yeah, it just seems like you get into a lot of accidents, my guy. Um, good thing for me. My situation was much different because, you know, I, like I have insurance and, um, my license is not suspended, so why don't you take care of yourself? Bye. <laughs> she was like, I am done with this man. 
done. Then we find out that the girls have been doing equine therapy, especially Allie Girl, who we know that was diagnosed with um, a very specific type of muscular dystrophy. Now, we have been led to believe that her, it was like a degenerative thing, and I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm, a, I'm saying like maybe just because I haven't had eyes on Allie Girl in a while, she look, did look stronger. She did look like, it. they said, like, she's doing better than we ever expected. The fact that she's riding the horses is, like, building up the muscle in her legs. Um, and she's really loving it and, like, more independent because of it. And then we find out that Allie Girl wants to write a book. And I love that. I love that for her. She wants to write a book about, um, you know, how horses can help people you know equine therapy through the eyes of little alley girl and i love that for her (laughs) leah is so funny to me because her storylines for years have just been like after school special like we can do it girls and and i love that and she's always like trying to give them motivational speeches and they're just like sitting in the back seat of the car like having to wait for her to like come up with these platitudes that are, like, barely sensical. (laughs) She tries so hard. And, like, God bless Leah, because she is trying so hard to be a good mom, and and she is a good mom. Like, she's very supportive and nice and whatever. (laughs) How do... What's a nice way to say this? It's just very clear that, like, the girls, all three of them have, like, surpassed her intelligent wise and so it's just hard to have to watch a parent like struggle to keep up with their children you know and and they and they are so sweet about it because they just let her spew out her mlm speak and they're like you know we love you mama you know she's harmless she really is (laughs) but anyway Allie girl tells her about how she wants to write the book and leah's like you know i've been waiting for this moment I've been waiting for this moment because, you know, you always writing your little things. And I thought she was going to be a writer, but I was just waiting for you to come to me. And then she says, you know, I was going to write my second book for the publisher, but let's just do yours instead. I'm sorry, what's happening with the publishing world? I don't think that's how it works. But anyway, that's for them to figure out. Let's move on to Brianna's dumbass. Oh, God. I mean, it's just stuck on stupid... So, Devon, her first baby daddy, hit rock bottom with his gambling addiction. He went to rehab for 30 days, and since getting out, Brianna tells us that not only are they co-parenting, they're, like, getting to know each other as adults, which they've never done. Which, immediately, I was like, red flag, red flag, because one thing about Brianna and her mom, Roxanne, frankly, is that they will take an inch and run a mile with it. And by that I mean they will take Lewis and Devon being good, quote-unquote, performatively good parents for about 14 seconds and be like, let's invite them to Thanksgiving. Let's do this. Why don't you see if Lewis can come here? And why don't you ask, get disappointed when he doesn't show up again? Because I don't understand. The one, my frustration... The great thing about the show is that they break the fourth wall. My frustration with Brianna's storyline particularly is that it's so obvious that these dudes only show up when it's time to film. (laughs) And it's like, why don't we just 
address that they only want to do this because they know the cameras are about to come up. That's the only time. I Every season, it's like, I haven't heard from Lewis in five months. And then he texted me yesterday wanting to come see Stella. I haven't heard from Devon um, since the reunion. And, you know, now he wants to come see Nova. <laughs> Why are like, did they not see it? Has anybody asked them, do you you see the pattern of what's happening? How when the cameras come up, suddenly these dudes want to act like they're good daddies. Lewis tries so less and less hard as the seasons go on. Lewis is such a loser. They really should call him loser. Anyway, um, so immediately I'm hearing this and I'm like, oh God, she's going to try to make this work with Devon, isn't she? Cut to her and Devon going to Indiana together. And, you know, we find out he's asking Brianna if they could sleep in the same bed together in the Airbnb. And Brianna's like, no. And then she says, you know, there's just really no reason for me and Devon to test the waters because I'm toxic as fuck. (laughs) It's like, okay. Well, at least we're a little bit... Uh, transparent about that, right? But then, no, like, we we could just say that and, like, I guess we just have to move on, right? Because immediately after her being like, we shouldn't be doing this, I'm super toxic, she texts Devon to ask him, were you serious about, like, wanting to share the bed together? And he was like, yeah, respectfully, yeah, I'm just trying to shoot my shot. And she's loving it. She's eating that shit up. So when they get back from Indiana... She tells Roxanne, Devon and I had a really good time. We're going on a date. And this is the first time, really, that Roxanne has been like, Brianna, you need to listen to me. You are a consistent train wreck. (laughs) And Brianna says, you know, I hear you. I, I do hear you. But, like, you know, I'm just shocked. And then she goes on about, like, you know... Devon needs to work on himself. This is Roxanne saying it. Devon needs to work on himself. He needs to work on his addictions before you can even begin to make you or either of your daughters happy. And Brianna has the nerve, as Roxanne is telling her the truth, to have this stank face. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, uh, you're just yucking my yum, mom. Like, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't have an 11-year-old with this loser who hasn't treated me right at all. Suddenly, we're both single. And again, the cameras are up and he wants to be interested again. Okay. So they go on this date. And it's basically Brianna just, like, questioning him. Like, why did we, quote unquote, hate each other for all these years? Like, what was the issue? And he was like, oh, you know, I never hated you. Like, maybe the timing was just never right with us. And so he was like, well, have you ever thought about us dating again. She's like, honestly, I never thought about it because I thought we had all these issues, but what would you want in your perfect world? And he was like, well, I just feel like it would be worth a shot. So Brianna says, all right, bet. I think before we start into this, we need to do like family counseling and like get a good foundation there. But then she says in a confessional, she wants to try... To, like, maybe have them get together for the sake of the kids and that everybody deserves a second chance. Girl, the date, I guess, went well. 
But then Brianna's like, you know, I, I just can't even think about him uh, doing this family counseling, setting up this meeting or anything, because Louis, Stella's daddy, called after months. What a shock. Her sister Brittany shows up because Brittany and Brianna now live separately. Brianna gave the house up to her mom. Brittany lives with her boyfriend, I guess. Brianna lives in the in an apartment with her two daughters, right? So Brittany comes over to this apartment and is like, hey, sees Lewis and is like, oh shit. Hey, Lewis. <laughs> Brittany's so good for a chuckle. So Brianna basically is like, Lewis, where the hell have you been, Loca? And this fool has the nerve to say, home. Home? And then he says that something came up and that he got overwhelmed. And he's like, you know, I guess I just didn't think about how, like, you know, being a distant affects you. you that's been your whole storyline Every season you come on here and you're like, oh, I didn't realize how hard it was for you to be a mom. Like, I'm going to come around more. You know, I got my trucker's license. So, you know, like, I got a stable job so I can come around more. And then he's like, oh, you know, when is when is uh, Stella's graduation from her preschool? And then all of a sudden he's texting you. The graduation was at 11. He's texting you at 3 o'clock in the afternoon saying, I just woke up. And then you don't hear from him for another six months. I'll be damned. This man has the nerve to just show up and say he was at home and that something came up. Something came up for the last five months unless you were locked up. I don't think you could, but you just said you were home. Leave. I need you to vacate the premises immediately. Brianna goes to the room while, like, Stella and... Lewis have daddy-daughter time. She's putting lip gloss on him. He's painting her toenails. So Brianna gives him a little alone time, right? She goes into this room where Brittany is. And Brittany's like, um, why is he here? What's his excuse now? And when Brianna tells him, tells Brittany, well, he says he's overwhelmed. Brittany goes, bitch, and what are you? He goes, tell him to go paint her toenails and to get the fuck out. Because his presence is overwhelming. How about that? And then she's like, girl, what is going on with you with all these baby daddies, these exes coming out of the woodwork? Is it a blood moon? What is your sign? What is going on? I came over here to get the cheese the gossip about Devon, and I walk in, this motherfucker's on your couch. What's going on? What is going on? So Brianna tells Brittany, he did end up booking the therapist. But this therapist, they live in Florida, is a guy that he worked with when he was in his rehab in Texas. And both Brittany and Roxanne are like, girl, that's a really stupid idea. He couldn't find anybody else in the state of Florida to be a therapist to to the both of you. Does that make sense? If you guys want to go to family therapy, that you're going to be taking all four of y'all to Texas? How many times are you going to go? One? Does that make sense to you, Brianna? And then finally... Brianna, like, maybe has a clue in her head about, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, maybe unrealistic. And now we gotta talk about Macy. I am shocked at the the things that I heard from Macy's storyline. Girl, what is going on? What happened here? Her first call, her very first scene... The first scene of the whole season is her calling 
Bentley's dad, Ryan, talking about Bentley's high school wrestling schedule. And then she's like telling us, y'all won't believe me when I tell you, but Ryan and I are actually communicating and getting along since the last reunion. I did not watch the reunion, but I saw clips where Macy is apologizing to Ryan for not putting in enough effort to understand him. What chapters did I miss? Because the headlines been saying, and the streets have been talking, and the streets have been like, um, this man falls asleep on us while he's driving. He's not sober, really struggles with his sobriety. So I'm trying to figure out what has he been doing that now Macy's apologizing to him. Now, I will say that I have this issue. I'll admit to this. Is that when you fuck up, I have a really hard time when you, like, want to be on the path to redemption of, like, actually believing it would be the base of that. But, like, because of that, I have a hard time... Like, um, giving kadoos along the way. So if it's like, if you start behaving, like doing the first three things you do well, I might not acknowledge it because I feel like it's not consistent and it's not real. Then maybe after the third try, which rarely happens, rarely after the third time does, does the behavior continue, um, will I believe that like, okay, maybe I can like take a breath unclench a little bit and like start praising you for your good behavior so the fact that she is like up here on the stage in front of dr drew and before god and also dr drew um and apologizing to this man knowing that he's basically put the entirety of bentley's life through hell for her just one being an asshole in general and then the addiction Ooh, I, I just like I could not believe what I was watching. Macy's husband Taylor is not into this whole reconciliation, co-parenting situation um, because he's like us. He's like, listen, everything I've seen from Ryan, he, from never living up to his word, threatening us, threatening taylor specifically to put a bullet through his head like i just like i don't rest well with that i don't really feel good about him in the future like moving forward right then we head over to that uh steel paneled house over at mimi jen and larry's ryan's parents right ryan walks in and the first thing i think doesn't even say anything oh he's high i'm like i'm like he's high and i feel So many emotions having to watch these two people, these parents who have clearly enabled Ryan his entire life, sit there and film a scene with him where Larry's got to tell his son, who is not sober, clearly, we're so proud of you for the steps that you're taking because I know, like, you know, it's got to be hurt. It's got to be hurting you. But we're so proud of you right now. Like, he's zooted. He, how, oh, it's, it's stressing me out. 
Bentley starts off, like, we start off on a kind of good note, I guess, even though Ryan clearly is not sober, but he is making efforts with Bentley. He is offering to go to their first dinner alone, maybe ever, or at least in quite some time. So the dinner actually ends up going well, and when Bentley gets back, he tells his mom, Macy, that he thinks that the reason why historically his dad didn't reach out to like try to hang out sooner was because he was mad at Macy and like didn't want to have to like reach out to Bentley through her which is like I recognize that you feel that way Bentley Danny but I hope you're not holding your mother accountable for that that's your dad's that's an oopsie on his part, because that's really immature to mess up a relate or to refuse to have a relationship with you because of his refusal to have a relationship with your mother who's been raising you this whole time and giving you the life that you deserve. Let's. There's another side to that, Benny, and I know he's young. I'm not chastising him. I just hope that he's not chastising her in his mind about that. Let's talk about Macy's soul storyline before we get back to what's going on with Ryan and the the bunch. Macy has her health issues, right? Like, we knew she had PCOS for a while, but she's been having a bunch of other symptoms that she's like, these have nothing to do with my PCOS. She's Her eyes are itching. She's having blurred vision. She's waking up in hives. She's not sleeping because of it. Like, her skin's dull, hair's dull, that sort of thing. So she finds out through her husband Taylor's cousin that she's more than likely experiencing her body rejecting her breast implants. We see a flashback of her, this is unseen footage from back in the teen mom days of her when she was with um, Kyle. Uh, (laughs) What I would say would be the best moment in teen mom history. Ryan being like, uh, Macy, I got a question for you. And this is when they're like sort of getting along, but she's like with Kyle, and I think he's got a girlfriend at this point. And he's like, you know, I, I really like, I really am not trying to like do anything. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but I've been getting a lot of questions, and I'm just like, I gotta ask you something. And you can tell Macy's like so uncomfortable. She's like, what? He's like, can I just text it to you? She's like, yeah, just text me, Ryan. <laughs> the camera zooms in on Macy's phone. Now this is like back in the T9 the T9 texting days. Early days. Just that's (laughs) just Kyle slow. (laughs) And Macy used to be like, Ryan, come on. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like, people, I wouldn't have said anything but a lot of people have been asking me and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to tell them. I just wanted to know, like, what I was supposed to tell them. <laughs> he was so dead ass. Oh my god, that was truly my, one of my favorite moments in reality TV history. Not even Team Mom history. Oh my god. Anyway, so Macy goes through the checklist that Taylor's cousin gives her, and she's like, "I'm hitting like ninety five percent of these uh, symptoms." So, um. Then she says something really interesting to us Housewives fans. She goes, 
I think it's got to be that. It's got to be that, like, my body's rejecting, like, these explants. I need to get an explant because I've never been diagnosed with lupus or Lyme disease or anything. Yolanda. Yolanda. And this is what I've been thinking. I think feel like we've all been thinking this, like, through the sands of time, that it just seemed very... Not, I'm not saying that Yolanda was lying, I'm saying that maybe she was misdiagnosed because she had a plethora of issues that could do could sound a lot like Lyme disease, but she seemed to feel a lot better after she got her breast implants taken out. Seemed to help a lot of the health issues that she said that were also her Lyme disease. I just really think that, like, what Yolanda was mostly dealing with, and she just, like, didn't know it because she was believing all these, like, she-she, kook, pseudo-doctors that she could find uh, that were saying, oh, you have Lyme disease, when actually she probably needed to have her breast implants taken out. And I just, like, what a sliding doors moment. Like, think of what would Yolanda's life have been had she not gotten sick or had she, like, gotten the right diagnosis and taken those plants out earlier like would um what's her face be married to david foster Catherine mcphee you know who who knows because like i'm not we're not i'm there's never going to be a time where i believe that david didn't straight up leave yolanda because she got sick and he was like i'm not taking care of her this was not what i signed up for sickness and health no that's not what i meant bye like we all know that right we all know that, right? Anyway, so after a couple of weeks, after Bentley and Ryan's first, like, hangout at the Applebee's, it's been a couple of weeks, Ryan hasn't reached out, and Macy's like, I think, you know, we need to talk to somebody. Who well, they talk to, and by they, I mean, Macy and Taylor have a FaceTime chat with Caitlin and Tyler, two people that they obviously don't talk to outside of filming, the one thing that I would say, well, I would say several things about Team Mom, the next chapter, but I will say that they keep forcing these, like, intimate relationships between the cast members. I believe that Jade and Brianna are good friends, but, like, there's no way that I'm believing that Macy and Taylor in their regular lives are like, we're having serious issues with our son. Let's call Caitlin and Tyler. Like, I just don't feel... That doesn't make sense to me. Does it make sense to you? I don't think so. But I had to shut my ass up because I'm thinking, what the fuck is Tyler going to contribute to this situation? Um, Because Macy and Taylor are talking about how Taylor's struggling with having Ryan back in Bentley's life and what that means because to him, Ryan has been this dark cloud over the entire relationship and marriage that he's had with Macy the entire relationship that he's had with Bentley, you know, like he's been this terrible presence and I can get why he has every right in the world to feel like, I don't, I don't really want to do this. And also like, this is Bentley's dad. So then, like I said, I had to shut my ass up because, uh, Tyler reminds us of Butch, his father and how, you know, Butch was, uh, Papa was a Rolling Stone. You know what I mean? <laughs> and mostly his house was in prison. Um, so 
his thing was like, you know, what you need to take a stock of is the fact that, like, you have been um, Bentley's dad, and he's got this foundation, and he's, like, in such a better place than I was growing up at his point, because you've been there. You've been this, like, father figure. You've been this male positive presence in his life, so, like, don't, you know, don't take that out. Don't discount that. And Taylor was like, yeah, you know, like, I hadn't really thought about that, so... Um, now that we've got this foundation, let's talk about what happened in episode five really quickly before we end the episode. Um, starting with Cheyenne, like I said, really not much storyline. Oh, did I say that they moved into a new house? They moved into a new house that is very nice, like super modern. I think they built it or they, they had a storyline where they were going to build the house unless they sold that plot of land and I I think this is a brand new house. It is like the nicest house in Teen Mom history for sure. Modern, like just typical California open concept. Everything's white, glass, natural wood, you know, I'm sure they have a farmhouse sink in a kitchen. Like, you know what I mean? Like not quite that like modern farmhouse, but like not too far away, you know, the 2022 version of that. But Corey's daughter, she comes out of surgery. There were like two weeks where she was in the hospital when she was supposed to be there for four days. She had a host of complications. She had a heart issue, but then her lungs ended up being the issue after they fixed the heart situation. So it's just like a really sad situation. But thank God she came out seemingly okay. So Cheyenne's storyline finally kicks in in episode five when she explains the reason why she and Ashley are not on good terms is as follows. So episode five, Brianna hosts like a cast trip to Florida um, and Ashley leaves the group chat. Another corny part about this series is that they have this like the girls check in with each other via like the group chat that we see. So they'll like send in little videos and we'll see the girls response to like whatever's going on. But we find out that Ashley like left the chat, right? She's like not talking to the rest of the girls. So the reason why is because they filmed teen mom family reunion. And this happened to be two weeks before Cheyenne and Zach's wedding. Everybody had been invited to the wedding previously. They get to the reunion. Ashley gets into a fight with Brianna. Things get physical. And then Cheyenne decides to... Basically, everybody sides with Brianna. And Cheyenne decides to uninvite Ashley from the wedding. The internet is like, oh, this is a really bad look on you, Cheyenne, because it's looking like you're taking the side ousting the only other black girl on the cast you're inviting her from the wedding you're making her like the outcast and like this is basically just not a good look Cheyenne goes on her podcast and says listen I don't have to have loyalty to a person simply because they're black I feel like she fucked up and like you guys will see what happened at the family reunion right Ashley is extremely, extremely petty in the sense that she will go 
to war on social media. She will not be quiet. There will never be a time where she does not clap back. There will never be a time where she does not feel completely justified in clapping back. And in those clapbacks, she tends to go low, 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 like Michelle Obama would never. And so basically, like, the internet starts coming for Cheyenne. Cheyenne responds. And then Ashley, during the midst of all of this, goes on to some Teen Mom fan page and comments the following about Cheyenne. Tell the people how you tried to cover up the new body with an accident. Stop talking about me. Now let's just break down that first part. So if you guys don't know, uh, Cheyenne last season or maybe two seasons ago had a situation where she was in the car with Zach and their two children and somebody shot their car like a bunch of times. And this is what Ashley is saying. Cheyenne is faking that the car got shot in order to come up for the fact she got, like, a mommy makeover or something. And then, Ashley, who's married to Barr, who's got two tattoos over his eyebrows, hasn't really had a job or done anything with his life that we've seen. Again, I like Barr, but let's... Facts are facts. She then has to say in all caps, I married my first choice, babes. Hinting at the fact that her marrying Zach was like the second choice to Corey, I guess. <laughs> and then she says, and I'm over you in this freaking storyline. Okay, so then we see Cheyenne, Zach, and Corey all have a little conversation about this situation. And how fucked up it is. And... Then Corey tells them, like, Corey and Zach are talking about the relationship with the guys on the show. And how, like, you know, the girls are go back and forth with each other, but it's never been, like, the guys have always been chill with each other. But Corey tells them, I follow Barr on Instagram, and I saw that he had, like, posted and deleted some comment or post about how all the cast members, all the women on the show are hoes. Like, you know... <laughs> Do we need to have a conversation about, like, posting and deleting these days? Like, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Like, don't, like, we all know what it means, right? Like, we all know that the internet is forever. We all know that we're gonna see it. Um, somebody's gonna take a screenshot. It's only gonna take one second. So, like, 
is there really a point in deleting? Because now we know what it is. It's like an intentional, I want to let you know. It's like intentionally being shady. So can we stop doing that then? Like, if you're just going to say it, then just say it. Because, like, you you said it. Once somebody screenshots it, you said it. You know? So because of this, Zach decides to reach out to Barr. Because he's like, yo, I feel like we don't really have beef. And we don't really need to, like, you know, there's there's a lot of shit with the females. It should be trickling down to us, you know? <laughs> I think they both have these, like, California accents. Like, I'm not going to do it. But it is interesting and fun to watch them. But he offers to go to Vegas to, like, go to dinner with Barr to talk about this. Like, why that needs to happen, I'm not sure. But I guess we got some budget. Some of them didn't go on the cast trip, so we got, you know, some extra miles on Southwest. Let's just have Zach go to Vegas. Sure. (laughs) Which actually leads me to the cast trip, which is Brianna's story. We're going to keep it tight because it was whack. Like I said, everybody goes to an Airbnb in Orlando for the big cast trip. Some of them, anyway. Um, I don't even think we get mention of why Leah's not there. Leah's not there. Macy's not there because she's dealing with family stuff. More on that later. Um, and I don't think we addressed why Caitlin wasn't there. But we have Jade, Brianna, um, Cheyenne. Is that it? (laughs) And they're men, basically. So Devon gets to come on this trip, and Brianna's just, like, playing in this dude's face. Like, she does not know. Brianna never knows what she wants. She never wants what she thinks she wants. I've never seen her truly be attracted to a man for more than five minutes before she's like, "Mm, maybe I should think about this for a second, and I actually don't want to do this. So I don't... (laughs) Brianna just really be doing stuff. I think Brianna just gets bored. <laughs> and it's like, well, this man has expressed interest to me, so yeah, I'll go on a date with him. And then I'm not going to think about it at all. And then suddenly she does, and it's like, oh, this is completely not right for me at all. But anyway, so they, like, play little fun games. They have a sleepover night. Uh, they're only in Florida for two nights. <laughs> the big cast trip to Orlando. A two-night trip to Orlando, guys. Thank you for spewing everything about your personal lives. We get you a coach, coach trip to Orlando for two nights. And you get to share it with six other people. <laughs> so they like do some very obvious scripted um, truth or dare where they just make Brianna do a bunch of things to Devon to like try to get them in the mood or whatever because earlier Brianna said that she had not had sex in more than six months right so they're like oh why don't you guys kiss they peck on the lips give him a lap dance she gives him like a quick little twerk a 30 second whatever she's giggling and like being like oh my god what are we doing but when she gets back to her house she's talking to Brittany and she's like oh yeah you know like things between me and Devon are regular And, like, yeah, I kissed him, but it was just, like, a peck or whatever. And, yeah, I did give him a lap dance. But, like, there was just so much going on, you know? Like, Jade sucked her husband's toes. So that is equal to me uh, hooking up with this man that I had a child with 11 years ago and have not had a relationship with since. You know, so much was going on. There was a lot going on. I was confused. (laughs) No, you weren't. You had half a bottle of Oyster Bay Pinot Grigio. And you were like, let's get silly, y'all. Let's get silly. But then 
Basically, Brittany was like, yeah, okay, you're saying that this is not a big deal to you, but have you considered that what might not be serious to you might actually be quite serious to Devoin? And Brianna's like, yeah, I mean, okay, sure. Like, that probably, that stuff probably shouldn't have happened, but I don't plan on having sex with him because, like, that stuff got me nowhere in the beginning, and, like, there are also things that I want in a man that he doesn't have. And so Brittany's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then maybe you need to stop entertaining him. And Brianna's like, well, yeah. <laughs> Brianna, you could have come up with this before y'all went on this first date that you should have thought, there's nothing about this man that I'm actually attracted to. Or at least after the date. After the date, you should have realized, mm, I'm really not that into him, so maybe I shouldn't grind on his dick on, on national television. Oh well. Oops. Moving on to Ashley, because she did not get to go on the cast trip, she invites her mom and Chris, her sister, to Vegas to get away after her brother's passing, right? She tells her friends, Nene and Noonie, that I didn't actually come for Cheyenne. That didn't happen. Until she said something on a podcast about like not having to align with other black cast members just because they're black. So I simply said that the accident that she got in where she and her family car was shot was a distraction from getting her body done. Like, fair game. So, you know... That was just fair game to me. And then she says, well, here's the thing. Like, we were filming stuff with Cheyenne, and she was showing up with a faha, all stuffed and plucked, as she calls it. But she was like, you know, she looked good. So just admit it. And her friends are like, oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) That, That seems fair. Sure, Ashley. And then we find out that Ashley gets upset when Barr tells her about Zach wanting to hang out and have a little conversation, right? She says that Barr told her that Zach basically tried to check him, but like in the most soft white flag way ever. And this pissed her off and made it her start talking about how she's from Oakland and like, I guess she's real. Honestly, I don't know what point she was making or why she was so angry. Um, But she was mad. I guess we'll find out why. Never. (laughs) In the end of the episode, we're going to end up on Macy, where we're now in episode five. This is a part of the timeline where... Ryan started going off randomly on Instagram about how Mac, his wife, Mackenzie, was cheating on him. And then he would, like, post and delete, right? It's, like, things that he would post at, like, 2.14 in the morning, going off on her. And then by, like, 6 o'clock, they'd be gone and they'd be in love. And then, like, seven days later, he was popping off on her again, even though he just said, like, nothing was wrong with them. But anyway, I think this must have been the first time he popped off on her cheating on him, allegedly. So he calls Macy to tell her 
me and Mac are getting a divorce, and Mackenzie is being a pain in the ass. Is Mackenzie historically a pain in the ass? For sure. But you're going to tell me, sir, you've been in active addiction since the day that you drove to your wedding, zooted, passed out behind the driver's seat. I don't think that, like, you get the credence to say that anybody else is being a pain in the ass. I don't think so. I don't think so, honey. But anyway, he tells Macy, yeah, Mackenzie's just being a pain in the ass. And, you know, I don't know why she left. He was like, she was just blaming it on all these things. My addiction that I'm in the garage. (laughs) You know, just like, blah, 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 my addiction. Oh, just slapping her lips about leaving me because I'm an addict. (laughs) Bitch. Like, okay, Ryan, whatever that means. But then... Macy tells him, just stay away from Mac. Like, just focus on yourself, focus on the kids. You'll get through this, right? And then Macy tells her husband, Taylor, I'm honestly not surprised that they're getting a divorce because we started getting along at the last reunion. Mac doesn't like that. She doesn't like when we get along. She lost her mind any time Bentley and Brian would hang out with each other because they were going to hang out one-on-one and she wasn't invited. And yeah, it's like, this is basically just inevitable. Like I, I saw that coming. And I think that like my co-parenting relationship with Ryan has to do with it as well. She can't handle it. Mackenzie can't handle it. And then Taylor says the sands of time have really turned because he was like very anti and he goes, you know, listen, even though I haven't seen Ryan or I haven't spoken to him, I know that Ryan's a completely different person than he was a few years ago. So Macy tells us that she talked to Bentley about everything, right? And that Bentley was not surprised about the divorce, probably because he really wasn't a big fan of Mackenzie to begin with. And then we're back with Mimi, Jen, and Larry talking about how they've never seen Ryan like this before. If y'all can see the face that I was making, they're like, we've never seen him like this. We're afraid it's going to mess with his sobriety. Jen, what sobriety? Like, sweetie, let's be real here. The following morning after they filmed this scene, news comes out that Ryan allegedly held a, a knife up to Mackenzie's back. So she got a order of protection against him. Can't speak to her or the kids. So at this point, the only person who's willing to film with Ryan is their longtime producer, Kiki. So she goes down to him by the creek or whatever, by the river, to have a conversation about, um, Ryan, did you put a knife to your uh, estranged wife's back yesterday? What's up, my guy? He, she walks up and he's like, hey, what's going on? She's like, we need to talk. Like, Ryan, what's going on? You're pending charges. That's what's going on. The fact that you can't look me in the eyes, what's going on? The fact that when you do make eye contact with me, your eyes are at a pinpoint. That's what's going on, Ryan. So what's going on, Ryan? So then he's like telling Kiki that, listen, everybody knows. This is bullshit. Everybody knows when I get angry, I get angry. But, you know, she's going to use that against me. But I ain't never put my hands on a woman. I ain't never done that, okay? Like I said, she put out an order of protection so they cannot speak. So Kiki asks Ryan, 
do you have any proof that Mackenzie cheated? And he was like, yeah. Yeah. He says, when they were, like, breaking up, right? She says, I want to stay in the house. He says, fine. But, blah, blah, blah. No real explanation for this. But he had to come over to the house. He comes to the house, I guess it's, like, super early in the morning. And nobody's there. And he's thinking, well, Mackenzie's always late to work. So... She must not have spent the night here because it's too early for her to be gone. So he calls her and she can't explain. She's stumbling over her words, being unable to explain to him why she is gone or where she was. And so that is his smoking gun that Mackenzie cheated. Yeah. And then he also says that he feels like his relationship to Bentley and Macy sent Mackenzie over the edge. So Kiki's like, all right, Ryan, um, look, you're an addict. And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, you're getting a divorce. You don't have your house. You don't have your kids right now. That's a really slippery slope. Like, have you thought about that? And he's like, yeah, I fucked up. Not gonna lie. She's like, oh, you've, you've like slipped. And he's like, yeah, I have. So, the end of the episode was Ryan in a garage filming himself talking about how it was hard to stay sober when he found out he was going to get a divorce. And after a couple of days he was using, he had this moment where he was like, this isn't worth it. I don't want to go down that road. Drugs drag everybody down. My kids are going through a bunch of shit already. And... You know, I just don't want, because he's got two other kids with Mackenzie. Like, I just don't want them to have a life like Bentley had. And I feel bad for Bentley. And I do feel bad for Ryan in this moment because he is having a moment of clarity and a moment of contrition. But we all know that, unfortunately, this situation only escalated further into him being in jail and then being in prison. Or no, being in rehab. So we'll we'll see. We'll see you guys. Thank you for letting me let this all out about Teen Mom. You know, I don't really talk about her too much. Um, and before y'all ask, I did speak to Liz Bentley. And she's cool with it. <laughs> I do my due diligence, okay? Know that. <laughs> but you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.